Welcome to Queerly Forward, a podcast that explores queering our healing through pleasure, holistic well-being, and collective liberation. We are your hosts, Bex Lips and Morgan Vanderpool, two queer neuro-spicy therapists and community builders co-creating conversational containers for co-liberation. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. What does it mean to queer our healing? Endless possibilities. What does it mean to queer our healing? Letting wild nature lead. Come with your questions, come with your magic. Come, 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 come. Hello, hello. Hey. Welcome back to Queerly Forward, y'all. <laughs> I'm so excited about this conversation today. Um, we are, I'm going to get some of my curiosities satiated. Hey, satisfaction <laughs> guaranteed. Yes. Um, so today we are talking about mycelium <laughs> and the wiggly fingers that go along with saying it like that <laughs> yeah and you my friend are a mycelium nerd nerd i i wanted to come up with an alliteration there but oh go for it try anyway. Mycelium maniac? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> my, my mycelial magician? Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely that. Definitely that. Uh -huh. um, yeah, Morgan has a lot of... Um, as you know, Morgan has a big brain that contains lots of information about lots of things. And mycelium takes up a significant <laughs> chunk. <laughs> I feel so loved right now. The, <laughs> the information in your brain. Um, and mycelium's pretty cool. She's having a moment right now. Yeah, she's famous. <laughs> she's having her comeback. Lots of people finally. are talking about mushrooms and mycelium and there's like so much for us to learn from these yeah. like organisms about how to how to be and how to transform and mm -hmm. how to go forth and multiply in <laughs> beautiful ways um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna dive in and um the first question that I have is what the fuck is up with mycelium? <laughs> <laughs> or in other words, like, what's so cool about mycelium? Like, why, why should we care about mycelium? Yeah. Why do you care about mycelium? Oh, so many questions. So many answers. <laughs> um, so what the fuck up is, you know, what's up? What's the question? What, what the fuck, what is, the up fuck with, is up what with the mycelium? What the fuck is up with mycelium right now? Um, my back can't seem to get comfortable. Let me see if I can fix this. Um, so let's see here. You know, mycelium as a system, um, you know, especially if this is like, you know, maybe new to your vocabulary or like exposure to it or whatever. Like mycelium is the organism that is interconnected amongst all root systems across the globe. It's like the largest living organism. 
and she makes everything work. It's like it's like one organism. It's a big old web that is connected everywhere and it's able to live in all environments in some way, shape or form. Wow. It's lit. It's literally how so adaptable, so adaptive. Um, And so like why mycelium right now in regards to like the sort of the fervor and frequency that we're hearing it in conversations. And I'm so grateful that that's happening. And I love being a part of those conversations with folks is that we are, you know, desperate times come from desperate measures and big solutions. And like mycelium as a structure, as an organism, as a thing that is alive on this planet does so many things brilliantly Mm. in ways that show us how to be with one another, how to share resources, how to nourish one another, how to detoxify environments, how to create connections, and to do it sustainably in mirror with our own nervous systems. Like our nervous systems are laid out really similarly as, you know, the way mycelium is. And we are in constant conversation with each other. So let's bring it conscious, right? Like let's make sure that Mm -hmm. we are aware that all of that stuff is happening. Yeah. But since it happens underground, you know, it's been less talked about because cultures that we live in are really obsessed with the shit that you can see. Yeah. And maybe a little less obsessed with the things that you have to like feel underneath the ground for mm. and actually tap into the reality of your ecosystems. Yeah. So mycelium gives us like pathways to do that really effectively. Mm. Um, and so like organizers, artists are, you know, we're doing a reclamation of our roots because the way mycelium organizes is collective. It is, you know, in Um, a lot of ways it's like it's the map way to our indigeneity globally Mm. about how to be in relationship with mother earth in a way that's actually sustainable yeah Um, and so she's a map it's really rad yeah can you talk a little bit about like mushrooms as the fruiting body and then like mycelium as the underground network because you know we touched on this and I think we'll go into it a little little deeper later but you know there's there's so many different kinds of like mushrooms right Mm -hmm. and but that's only what we can see like Mm -hmm. that's some that was something that's you know kind of newer to me Mm -hmm. is realizing that there's a whole underground Mm -hmm. (laughs) Underground, network yeah filaments of fungi like slowly growing their way how through does, the soil. How, how, does, how does mycelium work? Like Work? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Function? How, yeah. How does it function? So, oh, this is fun. Um, like, what's the relationship between, like, what's happening underground and, like, what we see? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Okay, good. Um, and... I'm like, my brain's deciding, like, where to start. So, like, I think for me, one of the learning mechanisms that was helpful for me to start to sort of visualize a little bit around how mycelium works is, like, thinking about it both as, like, an electrical system, but also if you know about how neurons work, they work like neurons. Um, And neurons are part electrical and part chemical. And so similar with mycelium, it's part electrical and it's part chemical as far as I can understand its conductivity in ways that it, like, sends signals and stuff and gets what it what it needs Mm. so it's a communication system that be takes you know chemical information from different parts of forests and sends it where it needs to go 
so that nutrients can go, know where it needs to go. So depending on like the rate of growth within a forest, which there should be new growth somewhere mid, old growth and dying trees all living with each other, just like we should all be living with all of the generations together at the same time, like the forest. And <laughs> what it does is like, so as a tree dies, the tree is like, dude, I've lived, I've gathered so much nutrients, like I'm going to give it all back to the forest. And so as that tree's dying and it's this like stump that we might look at, it's like, oh, that's so sad, it fell down. Like that tree is doing a bunch of magic for the forest because it is now saying I have surrendered all of my nutrients back to y'all take it to where it needs to go mm-hmm. and so the network then transfers all of those like chemicals and things that are necessary for new growth and like curries it <laughs> and it goes where it needs to go along this like light up you know um of light up system wow yeah that's pretty cool can you share about like how Because I know some of the things like what you're talking about is, um, you know, like tr- like transmitting those nutrients to where they need to go. And that has to do with like breaking down, mm-hmm. you know, what is decay, what is dying or decaying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that feels really deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I mean, like musing on on a system being capable of literally composting what needs to leave and no longer exist and allowing it to then be transformed into what needs to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that's really beautiful in thinking about being in alignment with mycelium is that we're practicing biomimicry. Um, And biomimicry is a practice of being able to search within biology for solutions that have already been designed and then mirror the solutions we need after the ecosystem or the biological system that has already solved the problem. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of that's the practice that folks are in when thinking about, okay, so how do I design relationships or care systems or food systems or anything like that in um, you know, in mirroring the way that mycelium works. Yeah. So in thinking about that, you know, that concept of like being able to break down things, um, we are in a time where our planet is like really toxic. Yeah. It's we have toxified our planet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things need to be removed from our ecosystem, not just buried in it, not just hidden in it, not just not thought about, not just shoved down a river because we can forget about it. But the people downstream can be the ones to deal with our toxicity Mm. like our planet isn't is really toxified right now um and so like another way that we're looking to you know mycelium and the practice of mycology of cultivating mushrooms um for solutions is that like mushrooms are one of the few systems that can actually detoxify an environment and not cause another like collateral problem that like then we then have to solve yeah um how do they do that you know, like, this is like rubbing on the edge of my expertise around it. But what I'm aware that yeah. they can do is that they are able to um, like do some sort of catalytic process with like radioactive material, for example, um, where it's leaked, where it's you know gotten out of the, their containers. And it 
just eats it and then you now just get to dispose of like non-toxic mushrooms they just something inside they just chew on it wow chemically process it they don't really chew they don't have teeth but like you know like kind of like <laughs> chemically gets masticated and digested uh-huh. um oh my ears are ringing um and they're able to do that with oil they're able to do that with heavy metals they're able to do that with other toxins mm-hmm. um and so they're like a model for like really being able to like stop and remove the impact of like ecological violence that we've caused through the substances that we've put where they're not supposed to go. Yeah. You know, like we pull oil out from where it's supposed to and now it's on the surface of the earth and it's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. But then we have to deal with it, right? And mushrooms are like, I got this underground solution. I'll just digest it for you. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Word. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, so there, there's a couple things that are like inspiring to me about this. There's like one, the very like real and practical level of like the literal like chemical toxins in the environment that we like need to transform, but also thinking of it also as a metaphor mm-hmm. of being able to transform what is like energy that is like harmful or or toxic in our lives and mm-hmm. we can't do that just by pretending it doesn't exist or like by putting it mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we actually have to go into it yep. we have to f- we have to feel it we have to move through it we have to digest it and become transformed by it yep. in order to become something else mm-hmm. yeah it's like a 3000 percent so that sounds easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least we know it's possible, right? Yeah. You know, we can look to look to ways that Mother Nature is showing us that, like, something that feels impossible might be possible. Yeah. Well, and, and this it is, is possible, right? This is why we keep bringing in emergent strategy, right? Because they, mm-hmm. I mean, that book talks so much about this and the way that we need to learn from our planet, from from Mother Earth about like the solutions that are already out there to these like seemingly impossible problems that we are facing right now. Staying creative while taking on the impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Phrase from Aaron Johnson turned into a show tune. (laughs) (laughs) It might've been Portia Beat. I don't know. They both say, I don't know who originated that. Yeah. But I would turn that into a musical. Right. A hundred percent. Yes, so many sequins. (laughs) Oh, but that's like microplastics. No, I can't do that. Anywho, Mm -hmm. sidebar. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We'll just eat them and transform them. No. (laughs) But like, you know, if y'all want to nerd out on this anymore, like the vein, one of the veins of thought that we're exploring right now is both like I talked about biomimicry um, as like practice principle, but like what folks are researching and making sure happens a lot in permaculture crews um but others are doing it too is like by bi- are like forms of bioremediation and then there's like a subset of that which is like mycoremediation so diving deep in the ways that mushrooms are a tool for ecological restoration mm-hmm. um through being able to remediate different ecosystems yeah um and i know for me like proximity to that kind of practice has been something that has kept me able to stay in the game because if I wasn't paying attention to how that kind of restoration could occur then 
I would have opted out of this existence a long time ago because I can see where it could go Mm. very quickly. And it is going there in many ways. Like the patterns of violence are rampant and they're only going to exponentially increase over our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be part of the patterns of remediation that are the most effective. And that's what keeps me in hope um, and possibility and levels of vitality that I didn't know were possible. Mm. Um, And that's how like mycelium behaves in our bodies too, because they restore elements of our bodies. Mycelium's in our bodies. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think particularly what I'm talking about is like when we digest it. Oh, okay. When we we consume mushrooms. (laughs) It's everywhere. <laughs> it is. No, nope, I get it. I uh huh. I'm okay. Up to speed. Mm-hmm. With you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, there's a song that I had. Maybe maybe I'll be able to sing it eventually throughout sometime in this episode. Um. Uh, there's a song that Aloe caught that was about mycelium. It's so fucking good. Um, oh yeah. Shout out to Aloysius. Oh. Uh, Oh, man, I'm going to be distracted by this. No, I'm not. I can do this. Okay. You got it. So, yeah. But when we ingest mushrooms, you know, mushrooms support us in so many different ways. Um, and fun fact about mushrooms is that quite a few of them only grow in areas that have been disturbed by the animals that need those mushrooms. Hmm. Um And so there are certain mushrooms that have been tracked that only show up in parts of the forest, particularly where humans sort of like rustle their way through there. Mm. Um, Like next to our crops they grow or in our crops they grow or in the animals that we like tend to like cows they grow. And they're like, here you go. Here's some like, you know, medicine. You want to try it? (laughs) So like, you know, medicine for our minds, medicine for our hearts, medicine for our guts, medicine for our lungs. Like they just popping out everywhere and like match the ecosystem that you are both growing in and so there's only there's mushrooms that grow in damper places that help with like reduce reducing lung inflammation Mm. for example i'm gonna have a different level of lung inflammation up here in the pacific northwest than somebody in the desert yeah but there's mushrooms up here for that so that i don't get sick oh there's mushrooms down there for the things that they need like they just so adaptive what are what are some of your favorite mushrooms how long are we going to be here? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm wearing a mushroom hoodie, by the way, y'all, as a commemoration for this experience. They are. It's it's a rainbow mushroom. Rainbow mushroom hoodie. Amazingness. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite mushrooms. Okay, so reishi came to mind. Um, reishi, for me... The practice of consuming reishi has mostly been in liquid drinks, and most of them have been hot. Mm. So I like putting in coffee or hot chocolate, um, sometimes some my smoothies. Um, and reishi is like this really nourishing experience. Um, it kind of like, if for any reason your blood vessels were sort of like rigid and tense and like, sort of dry or icy feeling inside where you're just like, oh, I'm stressed as fuck. I feel like a like, yeah, like brittle kind of, you know? And then you drink reishi and reishi's like, I'm just going to turn this into like, I don't know, like a fleece blanket inside. <laughs> like it's just cozy. Um, helps your muscles find that same sort of like, mm, 
I'm comfy now. Mm-hmm. As it interacts with your cardiovascular system, it's just like beautiful. And as your body does that softening, also there's some way that it supports the lungs in being able to breathe more easily. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure totally how that works, but it happens. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of my favorites um, on the day to day. And then. Um, say either penis envy or golden teacher penis envy yes um (laughs) hello freud (laughs) (laughs) so these are two psychedelic strands that i've been in closer relationship with what was the second one i got so distracted by penis envy (laughs) (laughs) golden teacher golden teacher yes golden teacher um and so not all psilocybin mushrooms, you know, mushrooms that have psilocybin are built the same. They all have their own, like, independent strands. Are those psilocybin the, mushrooms? The, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Um, so there's, you know, psychedelic ones. And um, the cool thing is that, like, they each have, like, their own duration of psychedelic journey. They each have their own type of intensity. They each have their own kind of thing that they'd actually draw your healing or your contemplation or meditation towards. Mm-hmm. Um and it's been fun to be able to get to know them well enough that I can choose what kind of journey I either invite myself on or share with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful to have been in spaces where people are cultivating the window of opportunity to be out and loud and proud mycologists. Um, mm-hmm. So like a lot of the folks that I've gotten to learn from are based out in Portland. Um, and in Oregon, there has been legislation that's passed that like in certain contexts and grown in certain ways, like mushrooms are available for medicinal use. Um, you know, they're playing within the system to see what's hap- possible. Mm-hmm. So, like, my friends are getting trained up as guides, and I'm like watching them like grow their careers around mushrooms and getting to like be in their workshops and stuff. And I'm just like, y'all are fucking like just making it happen. Yeah. And because of that, um, they know exactly how the mushrooms been inoculated, propagated, grown, cultivated, dried, stored, all this kind of stuff. And I'm mm. like. Getting to, watch the, getting to watch the intimacy with the whole process, right? Yeah. Um, with no needing to hide it. Mm. Like, I get to be a part of a generation where, like, mycology is above ground. Yeah. When it comes to medicinal mushrooms. Yeah. Um, of all sorts, right? We get to study cordyceps. Cordyceps is, like, my, my other third. And I want to learn more about cordyceps because um, it's, like, an edgier mushroom because it can be really challenging for some people's bodies and be absolutely revolutionary for others. Mm. And I want to understand better why. Or maybe that's just something I've heard and it's not true. Um, <laughs> but what I do know about it is its benefits is that and most mushrooms fall within some um, percentage of likeness of being either synaptogenic or adaptogenic. And those two functions in our body means that like synaptogenic is that my what I consume or what I do allows my body to create new neural synapses. I now can create new neural pathways for my body to reconnect in a healthier way um, uh-huh. or in a more adaptive way. And so mushrooms support us in being synaptogenic. Are synaptogenic and adaptogenic synonyms or are they two different? They're complementary systems. Okay. Um, so, you know, like if you're to, yeah, I'm going to go there. Look up a picture of a neuron while I'm talking. It'll help you out. So you got the, like, head of the neuron. You got the, like, body of it. And you got the tail. I'm going to be less specific on, like, anatomy parts. But, like, you'll be able to see it. So it's, like, a head, 
line in little tails. I'm Look at neurons right now, y'all. Um, this will also help you be able to visualize how mycelial networks get built because like the connection points Not are pretty like similar. A Jimmy Neutron. That's something <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love living in your Google search. Neutrons. Uh, anyway, no, Jimmy Neuron. No, just neurons. Just okay. neurons. Just neurons. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. So well, the ways that the electrical system of our body is built is different lengths of neurons. Some of them are really long, some of them are very, 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 very tiny, but they're all pretty much simil- similarly constructed. And the heads talk to the tails, and the tails talk to the head, and it's just this big old like line of telephone of electrical signals and chemical signals that run through our body. To make shit work. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I'm with you. You I'm got just, a picture? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, so synaptogenic means that like over time, the heads and the tails that continue to fire similar messages get really habituated mm-hmm. and practiced at making those connections. And sometimes we can get habituated into doing things that aren't healthy for us and we need to train our bodies to be able to like sort of break that cycle and create new patterns neurologically. Mm-hmm. Um, synaptogenesis happens at multiple times during development too as our brain's growing. And then there's like times in which they sort of like peter off. And so being able to generate new synapses, especially as an adult, is an incredibly adaptive thing to do. You can do it behaviorally. You can do it chemically. Like, mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, thinking about being in relationship with mushrooms is like a, a purpo- purposeful chemical way that we can create new synapses. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus create new neural pathways and thus be able to like go like, oh, I could do something different. Right. Whoa. I don't Which is how we're able to like learn new things learn and new change things. our behavior. Exactly. And, so it's supportive of yeah. that process. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly so. And then adaptogenic is that it, since mushrooms are direct nervous system supports more often than not because they're parallel systems. They like to work similarly with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, adaptogenic means that a variety of mushrooms support our nervous system and being han- being able to handle being alive better. Like it helps mm. us adapt, mm. helps us handle stress, helps our systems that are going to incur stress because they just gonna, because we're a human and we live on this yeah. planet. The mushrooms are like, I got you. Let's take care of that. Yeah. Like, let's not keep that inflammatory process, like, going too long. No, like, eat me and I will help your body, like, restore to a better homeostasis more quickly. Like, don't work so hard. Hmm. And people are like, I don't want to take mushrooms. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> 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 why do you refuse the help that Mother Earth created for you? Because <laughs> it's scary, right? There's so much fucking yeah. stigma got that put out there. And, like, we have to be able to then be in our pathway of resistance towards, like, okay, so who said that? Mm-hmm. Who, said and I why? who said I shouldn't eat that? Yeah. Yeah, and why? Yeah. Right, because there's a difference between don't eat that mushroom, you're going to die, and yes. like, don't eat that mushroom or you're going to hell. <laughs> like. Or don't eat that mushroom and you're going to spend the rest of your like life in a carceral system for doing something liberated. Of course that's the case in the United States. Yeah. Don't expand your mind. Yeah. Don't understand your connection to Mother Earth and thus like be able to dissent from my rule. Of course they're not going to want us to eat that shit. Mm. But we should eat it. But, but we should probably eat it. Probably <laughs> eat it. <laughs> yeah. Eat me. Eat me. That's mm-hmm. what the little mushrooms are, t- are saying to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm really fascinated by, you know, in each state right now that is mycelium forward um, or entheogenic plant forward. So entheogenic plants is a way of talking about most medicinal plants that have been used in indigenous healing practices that are 
you know, needing to be propagated around the world and used because they're gorgeous and we should do it in an ethical and relational and like mm-hmm. really integrous way. Mm-hmm. And they will be the things that will keep us alive. Yeah. Um, so there's multiple states in the United States navigating what their relationship is with entheogenic plants. And the way that the movement is getting built is kind of right now like city by city. Mm -hmm. Um, where cities are creating laws that allow for the legality of gifting, gathering, and growing entheogenic plants. So growing ayahuasca, growing, you know, growing magical mushrooms or medicinal mushrooms in that way, um, growing peyote. And each one has their own necessity of access on, like, your relationality with the indigenous people that typically use those plants Mm -hmm. as to, like, who has access to share and do ceremony and that kind of thing. But, like, there's a lot of labor being done to make it legal, not – am I using the right terms? Because there's two different nuances to this movement right now. Yeah, we'll say, like, make it possible to gift, gather, and grow. Then there's others – that are doing legislation like Portland did, or sorry, by like Oregon did, where it's statewide and they're making it legal in certain contexts under certain stipulations. Mm-hmm. And those two movements are very different. And each of them are trying to both do their thing right now across the country and internationally. Mm. Yeah. And so this second movement, this is like in the context of like, like psychedelic assisted therapy mm-hmm. kind of Staying thing within the healthcare system, trying to appeal the healthcare system to psychedelics, right, right. and function in a pharmaceutical way rather than a land based way. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. And I think you know, like we're gonna get in in later episodes around you know how kind of more problematic are you know our healthcare systems are. I know we've done an episode on that already, but like that becomes a way to gatekeep um, access to Mm -hmm. these kinds of experiences. And at the same time, like I think it is really helpful for there to be um, just more accessible like bodies of knowledge and people that are really skilled and well-versed in how to guide people Mm -hmm. through these experiences experiences yeah um you know experimentation is fine and good and like being held in a container with a practitioner or practitioners or you know some kind of guide um i think can really like enhance people's experiences in a really in a really big way Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just thinking back to the first time that I uh, did mushrooms (laughs) and I was in college and um, my biggest like the biggest like takeaway from that experience is I became obsessed with flowers. Yes, you did. (laughs) Like I remember just like rolling around in a field and just being like, oh, my God, these flowers are so amazing they're so beautiful (laughs) and then like for just like weeks after that experience I was just like really obsessed with flowers and but I don't know maybe there's some larger messages around there but I I think one of the takeaways (laughs) is just like how you know I didn't even plan for that to happen but like I, I think the environment in which you are like 
experimenting with with different like psychedelics yeah. is really <laughs> makes a huge difference a too huge difference. And if to be in nature yes is oh my gosh it was just like so deeply con- like i just like felt so connected to the land that I was on, the grass that I was rolling around in, the flowers that were like floating down from the trees, the flower petals like cascading down. And ah, like delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Used in that. And, and it, that wasn't my, I, I was not in a container of like sacred oneness with the land but like somehow that kind of came through anyway that's in which I, I was do. just like the universe is a magical place yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what they're there for mm-hmm. such good reminders yeah I think there's something too here I, I wanted to talk about you know kind of the seen and unseen like we were talking about like the mushrooms being the fruiting body and that's what we see and then like we're learning so much more about mycelium and all of the underground networks that are like I don't know are, is mycelium visible? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. I feel like it's invisible in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean some of the filaments are not, not able to be seen by the like human eye. Because they're like, so small. Because they're so small. Right. But like yeah, if you like slice open soil and you see things that are not roots, but it's like a white web. Yeah. That's mycelium. Uh-huh. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. But yeah, but the fact that that's mostly, yeah, it's like living under mm-hmm. the ground. The things are happening without us being able to see them. Um, there's a, I don't know, there's a metaphor of of hope here <laughs> for me. Mm. around the the forces that are at play mm. that mm-hmm. even though we can't see them mm-hmm. or maybe sometimes even feel them at mm. all, like they are still working and they are still doing magic and mm-hmm. they are still supporting us being alive and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So many good breaths. Yeah, what parallels that to me, and we were talking about this a little earlier, is, you know, the quote-unquote, like, underground part of us and how that parallels with, like, how do we get tapped into, like, our systems that are doing things on our behalf that we don't pay attention to. Yeah. That we don't fucking pay attention to. Because we've been so conditioned so the parallel, right, is like mycelium is our nervous system. Our nervous system is mycelium. They are sister webs, right? Um, and in noticing our nervous system, there is so much to be felt through body sensations that we've been conditioned for centuries to not pay attention to or not respond to or not take care of. Or to justify feeling certain ways. Mm. Um, and tapping into the information our nervous system gives us, when we slow down enough to really actually move at the pace of our nervous system, we're, we get so much wisdom. Mm. Yeah. And so much wellness. Mm. And like... You know, there 
are many different factors that lead to whether or not like our bodies end up getting to be capable of that because if we are in proximity to violence like being in a restorative relationship with your body is really really challenging because you have to feel a lot um and so like there is sometimes that like for some folks staying disconnected from the all the felt sensations of their body will assure their survival and that's necessary mm. And I think then there's a lot of us, though, that do have enough spaciousness and enough resources and enough support if we start to look for them in different ways for us to be able to move at the pace of our nervous systems and to move at the pace of mycelium. Mm. Um, and that parallels what Adrienne Marie Brown talks about in moving at the pace of trust. Yeah. Because if I'm always asking my body to move too fast, to work too fast, to do so much, then I will always be telling my body that it's wrong. Mm. I will always be an untrusty, untrustworthy keeper of my body. Um, and when I move at the pace of my nervous system, then my nervous system trusts me to take care of it. And then I become a trustworthy person to be in relationship with. Mm -hmm. You know, but that means, for example, like if I'm going to be in biomimic, practice biomimicry with mycelium, when I'm growing new synapses, I'm not going to know exactly where they're going to end up. Like I am under the soil. It's dark. I know where my tap roots are. I probably know where like the nodes are on my mycelial network. But if I'm growing to a new area in the forest, I'm not necessarily going to know where that's going to go. But I just have to trust that those little like, mm. you know, filaments of my system are like wrapping themselves around the right rock. And that rock is going to give us some sort of like yeah, point of reference on like what's coming next. And like... It's going little bit by little bit, like millimeter by millimeter through dark, wet soil, bumping into stuff and adapting mm. and then sending information back to the nodes being like, this is what's been found. Here's some samples of these chemicals of this soil that I just ended up in and like, yeah. you know, sending messages back and forth. And so the pace of growth that mycelium gives us is an opportunity to be able to like actually reconcile. Yeah, say so it's reconcile. Yeah, like reconcile with what we're currently tapping into on in our environments and like how far our reach can be, like how much information can you actually take in in your nervous system? Mm -hmm. Be really mindful about which tap roots you're tapping into versus not like, yeah. you know, where are you sourcing your energy and like from whom and for how long and like, how does it make your body feel? And like, um, do you have a full sense of like what you want to say yes to or no to in your ecosystems? Um, and giving everybody the permission to do that for their wellness. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There's so much for us to learn from mycelium. Hey. <laughs> oh, forever and ever and ever. It will be theirs. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit um, about a project that you have been um, helping to birth and co-birth and to bring into the world that has to do with mycelium. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called the Mycelial Movement Network. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Until a better name emerges. Yeah, right? That's, that's what the mycelium want it to be in this moment, and it might adapt into something else later, but right now it's that. Um, yeah, can you share a little bit about what the what mycelial movement network 
where this where the inspiration for this came from and what mm-hmm. kind of some of your your hopes and dreams of this project are and then we'll also talk about some of the some of the things that have fruited. <laughs> yeah, there's been some fruiting bodies for yeah. sure. <laughs> so many fruits, so many queers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Mycelium Movement Network is, um, you know, we're describing ourselves as an emerging network of restorative practice facilitators. Most of us um, are queer, trans, and folks of the global majority or folks who are identified by POC. Um, and we're artists, activists, uh, you know, facilitators of different crafts who have committed over time to be in community with one another and to be in restorative relationships with our skills. Um, and so we don't have a website yet. There's no like defined edges to the network at the moment. It's like unseen. We're, we're literally letting it emerge, um, which has been a really fascinating process as being the like at least legal legal holder of the back end stuff. Like, you know, I made sure that we've got like a, you know, EIN and a business name and shit and we can like, <laughs> you know, receive some money for our craft and like create projects. Um, and, you know, the inspiration came the winter of 2020. Um, I got, you know, what's the verb that I want right now? Abruptly, um, abruptly and unjustly, there we go, abruptly and unjustly asked to leave an organization that I'd been um, cultivating a global network of practitioners of trauma-sensitive movement and breath for over five years. Mm. And um, as a way of being able to be like, okay, so what was I really up to? Like, if I'm not going to be in relationship with this organization that I thought I was going to be for a really long time and be a leader in it and all this kind of shit, and I was for the time being that I was in it. Um, I was like, no, what am I supposed to really be co-creating right now? Like who really is my community who can hold and tend to the conversations, the depths and the breadths of them that are necessary for us to be able to have the types of intelligences that we need to, to be able to get through these times together without fucking shit up worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you know, hyper fascination with the nervous system has been in co-inspiration with movement and anything that will get us further into a state of you know, detoxifying our relational ecosystems and like co-building for the future um, will need some level of movement, needs rhythm. Like Mm. it needs it. Like our heart pulses, you know, our breath is breathed 22,000 times a day. 22,000 times a day. You know, exactly. Yeah. We're rhythmic beings. And so that's where the movement piece came in. And then like, you know, we're a network I don't I don't want to be co-creating an agency I wanted to create like a sustainable network of restorative practice facilitators and there's a couple different like sort of circular economic business models that we've been playing around with on like how do we do funding well and how do we like you know co-support each other's craft and Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's really fledgling right now but it came out of like a you know a cry for creating space, particularly locally, where there was propagation of restorative practices. So I was like, I know some really kick-ass geniuses. <laughs> and I want to make sure they all have a mic. And I want to make sure they get paid for their shit. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we can work together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I contribute to make that a possibility? And what kind of platform could I like be of some level of instigation of co-building to bring that to life? Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's been a wild learning experience Mm -hmm. and so powerful and so potent and like may it continue to grow. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, we, we just got to do a project yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. We should talk a little bit about about this project that we just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you want to give the setup, and mm-hmm. I can talk mm-hmm. a little bit about mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, the experience of participating. Totally. So, um, here in Tacoma, Washington, on Puyallup land, there's a cool um, crew of people called the Barefoot Dance Collective. I think maybe they've changed to just being the Barefoot Collective now. Um, They've been a group of movers, primarily contemporary artists, who have made, you know, movement practices available to adults of all skill levels and performing in movement arts available for all skill levels for, like, over 15 years. Um, And they've stuck to it. I'm so proud of that group of people. Um, And so they were one of the companies that I first danced with when I moved here from California. And... um, you know, grad school and career pulled me away, but like through career then reintegrated to because a lot of them or a handful of them are using arts as a healing tool in community <clears throat> and, and particularly movement. And so we're now we like circle back together to like be looking at these projects to do to to do in collaboration. And so Barefoot Collective reached out to me and Mycelial Movement Network being like, hey, so we're like looking for funding to do like a year long healing movement series that then would culminate into a outdoor performance. And I was like, dream come true, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, we co-wrote a grant and got co-funded. And um, that manifested over the last year of having a wide variety of workshops that happened on a monthly-ish basis that some of them, the Barefoot Collective, sorts the facilitators and then the other section of over mycelial movement network facilitators. Um, and so we did those workshops and they were fucking awesome gene rooks did this excellent like sensual movement based one um ava de or allegra dunkel um did one about building self-confidence and like y'all are gonna get to hear from allegra or ava in a future episode as an amazing black burlesque dancer here in tacoma holding it down and then like aaron johnson and i got to do a workshop co-facilitated together around like building anti-racist relationships through Mm. movement breath and sound um, and throughout the year, <clears throat> any of the participants in the workshops or anybody that was in a relationship with Barefoot Collective also got to put, um, submit for choreographing a piece in Wapato Park. And the performance just happened in May. That's what Bex and I got to do together. And so my Sailing Movement Network was responsible as well for putting together one of the pieces. Um, so we put together a really beautiful piece called Ready. Um, and I loved how it got co-built. It was so cool. It was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. So the, the song that we used ready was, um, was, um, caught by a dear friend, of Aris Ale Blakely, um, really amazing song leader, grief tender, um, fellow Jewish. Um, and we, yeah, so we like, um, did this recording of this song, um, like acapella community singing style. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole process of like creating this piece together with this group of people was really cool because we had like a group. I think originally there were like eight of us and it, you know, it morphed and, sh- and shifted. <laughs> um, and because, you know, juggling schedules is 
such a wild thing. We were like meeting in like little clusters, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the weeks, like leading up to the performance and building little pieces of the vision together at a time. And like, you know, Morgan kind of played this role of just like calling all of the people in who like needed to be in that space. And then each person, you know, got to bring their own magic and brilliance mm-hmm. and, and vision and co-create. It was this, it honestly the smoothest, like co-creative <laughs> process that I've like ever been a part of. And um it ended up really magical. Mm-hmm. It ended up really, really magical. We, you know, did this performance. Um yeah, as you mentioned, in Wapato Park in this this beautiful, like, I, I can only describe it as, like, a, like a tree stage slash sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a half this, moon of trees made an amphitheater for us. It was incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, like, not only were we, like, co-creating this piece with the other dancers, the other humans in this group, but it also really felt like we were co-creating the piece with the land. Oh, that was exquisite. And like, you know, walking through, the, I remember like walking through the park and being like, where, where do we want to be? And like, where, do, where's the land telling us that it wants to, wants us to like do mm-hmm. this piece? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are we interacting with the space? And, um, yeah, it was really, it was really dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the lyrics of the song like invite us as like a an invitation forward, not even necessarily maybe trusting that we're it's true right now, but like maybe trusting that it's true right now that we are literally ready for the kinds of labors of love and transformation and restoration now. Like, and we know it in our blood, we know it in our belly, and we know it in our bones. Hmm. And so <clears throat> the movement was designed f- in inspiration of feeling those parts of our body be in a state of ready. Yeah. Um, and then being mindful about all the different like movement accessibility levels based off of chronic illness impact and like people's energy levels and things like that. And then creating choreography that could be done from seated on a blanket, from lying down on the ground, from standing and like fucking running down a hill if you wanted to. Like, (laughs) you know, everybody got to really participate in a way where like the audience got the feedback of like, oh, everybody's embodied exactly as they can be and how they are and how they will be. And everybody's showing the fuck up. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly how they need mm-hmm. to be in that moment mm-hmm. with the, all of the gifts that they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like some folks got to be in the recording studio with us and lend their voice to the song that got played while we were performing and co-singing with it. They, you know, ended up not being able to physically be present in the piece, but their voice rung out in the park, right? And then they got to hear themselves sing because they were able to come see the show. Like, so there's all of these beautiful things. And then we like planted people who knew the song in the audience. So the (laughs) audience members were singing along with and like had folks turn their bodies into drums. So they were co-drumming for us Mm -hmm. and co-drumming with us in the song um, and in the piece. And uh, yeah, dreams come true, man. I was like... (laughs) You know, and, you know, even the costume, we were like, maybe we'll be the rainbow. Maybe we'll wear mushrooms. <laughs> you know? And then we ended up just all wearing green. <laughs> like, yeah. We just turned into the tree leaves. You know, it's cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that was really sweet. Yeah. And then, you know, the next kind of like stepping stone of what Mycelial Movement Network is up to 
there is construction happening in this building and we don't know if you can hear it. If it sounds like a jackhammer, that's what we can hear. Um, <laughs> we are safe. Um, <laughs> but um, the, uh, whatchamacallit? Oh, the next thing that my social movement network goes up to. Uh, we got invited by the Pierce County Health Department um, to facilitate healing circles. And those circles are being sponsored by a mental health tax that Tacoma passed. Oof. Don't cite me on the year, but it's been a hot minute and it's been in this like evolution of like, okay, now we've earned the money from the people and now we're t turning this money back over to organizations to go use out in community. Um, and so we got reached out to to host, uh, yeah, healing circles, particularly in the window of opportunity to support caregivers when their kids are going through it. Mm. Um, so there can be a first, a, a stronger first line of defense and protection around kids who are struggling rather than just being like, oh, they need a therapist, but hey, there's not that many of us. Mm. So we're kind of like closing that window gap um, and we'll be facilitating three circles in East Tacoma, South Tacoma and the Key Peninsula in the month of October. Um, and there's a team of four of us that are collaborating on that project. It's been wild. I don't know if I'll be in relationship with the Pierce County Health Department at the end of this project. <laughs> and also... If you are a caregiver that is in Tacoma um, or in the Key Peninsula out near home-ish slash Purdy in that area, um, we, yeah, we'll be offering healing circles. So just like giving folks a place to have a better understanding of what their body's going through at this moment in time in history, reconcile a little bit with their own trauma, and then maybe be able to do that with their kids a little bit more effectively. Mm. Um, and come together for a little bit of respite. Yeah. Like, you know, practice downshifting a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that in October. So if you are a caregiver of a youth in any of those areas in the <laughs> county of Pierce, uh, you are very much welcome. Um, you can check our Instagram for dates. Um, cool. Well, kind of bringing this home, I feel like we've we've explored lots of different things that, like mycelium has to offer us um, and um, explore that in various ways and how it's showing up in our lives and in our communities and 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 transforming our society. Um, I'm curious, like other than the things we've talked about or or maybe bringing back some of the things that we've talked about, what do you feel like are some of the biggest lessons that mycelium has to teach us both individually and collectively mm. stay connected yeah <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my mind mm. <laughs> yeah yeah and notice connection like you know um we mycelium invites us to be in more and more nuanced relationship with our nervous system and so I think there's an invitation there to really get curious about how feeling is healing mm. um, and practicing feeling sensations in our body that our nervous system gives us um, and giving ourselves opportunity to respond to them outside of the answers of fight, flight, freeze, submit, or fawn. Mm. Um, we've got those down fucking pat. Yeah. Let's maybe try something a little different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so like mycelium helps us when I said like, you know, like it's about connection. Um, 
you know, one of the most devastating ways of organizing that has been a ramification of systems like white-bodied supremacy and colonialism and capitalism is a hyperfixation on individualism. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when you <clears throat> try to act as an individual and take on all of life, your nervous system fries the fuck out. It is not capable yeah. of doing life on its own. And so then we have all the other ramifications of what it means, like the isolation, the like, you know, feeling like you don't want to be here. Like, we cannot do this stuff alone. Yeah. But to connect after we've been disconnected is scary as fuck. Mm, it's so vulnerable. It's so vulnerable. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. It's so frightening. It's very, It feels very risky. And it can be very risky, right? Like, our ancestors have not gotten along. And our current people like we just have a hard time getting along yeah because we've done some really fucked up shit and we continue to so it's like can i find the people around me that are purposely not doing fucked up shit (laughs) and we'll take ownership that if they do they'll remediate the situation yeah and that comes from practicing trusting feeling our full human like humanness and being able to hold space for if somebody does pop off in their survival response like okay how much space do i give you and you want to come back after that? <laughs> you want to try again? How many times can we say stay connected enough to keep trying again? Yeah. Um, and I feel like my- mycelium gives us that way of sort of like making sure your resources are spread out enough and being tapped into the right places f- so your system stays well. Um, yeah. It's so good. Oh, I love that. The I the thing that like popped into my head was also like how weird mushrooms are oh my god <laughs> and yes. like how like <laughs> like freaky and like colorful yes. and like just like all the different like weird patterns and, and, like, and so just like the i don't know if there was like a like a message that the mycelium were like trying to say to me it was just like be weird wild and wonderful <laughs> yes that too yeah and also just like that it is the impossible is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through connection. Mm-hmm. And magic is real and it's okay to not have all the answers we can't see all the things that are happening but we can trust (laughs) this dance that's going along with this song is amazing as well y'all oh (laughs) all right well Stay connected to the wood wide web, y'all. The wood wide web. Go eat some mushrooms. Go get in nature. Mm -hmm. Learn from her. Stay weird, wild, and wonderful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean to queer our healing? Endless possibilities. Thanks for listening to Queerly Forward. 
This podcast has been recorded and produced in collaboration with On Purpose Recordings. If you have questions, requests for topics, or feedback about the show, reach for us via email at queerlyforwardpod at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at queerlyforward. Take Take care care out out there, there, queers. queers.